subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Gentlemen, it's also Cyber Monday. Oh, yeah. Do you guys have anything in your uh, shopping cart that you're going to... I think I'm going to get a new set of boots today. What kind of boots? Like Western boots? I think some Tacovas. My dad uh, just got some Tacovas for Christmas this past year and just keeps going on and on about them. So I think I'm going to jump on some Tacovas today. It was Shop Local Saturday. But here's what I do like is, you know, a lot of local businesses have gotten... To where you can buy online, so you can still support local. But yeah, there's a few golf items I've had my my eye on in the cart. Yeah. Chuck, what about you, man? You got anything that you've uh, got in the shopping cart that you're going to pull the trigger on? Today? No, I haven't done that today. I uh, I didn't even I didn't think about the fact it was Black Monday or whatever Monday Cyber is called. Monday. Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday. Yeah. I'm unprepared. I'm unprepared for <laughs> Cyber Monday. So uh, I have not considered my possibilities there yet. No. Well, someone will probably do that for me. <laughs> There'll be something on the card today. By the end of the day, oh, you yeah. bet that. There'll be something on the card today. The yeah. Amazon, uh, the card at this point. I know your Amazon, is your Amazon card going to get uh, flooded today for oh, purchases um, from? It'll, these from, deals will be too good to pass up, I'm sure, Ty. We needed it. We needed, we, we, it. We needed it. We struggle with the difference between want and need, need sometimes at my house. There's a difference at that point. Well, speaking of money, NIL, again, is a huge topic this uh this not just this season, but really the last couple of days. I know a lot of people are curious to see what the announcement is supposedly going to be this week. Coach Pittman kind of touched on it after the game. Here's what he said about it. Well, no, I can't, and I wish I could. I can't, but I, I do feel much better about it. I think we're going to be very competitive there, and I'm really excited about that. Hell, nobody wants to set up here like this. Nobody does, but I'm the head coach. I, I'm supposed to set up here good and bad but i think there is a big chance for us to change where we're at at four and eight and i'm excited to have the opportunity to do it but i am excited about our nil situation so i don't know where they're at right now and no one really does because we don't have any concrete information to show hey this is the amount of money that alabama is spending this is the amount of money that uh, Texas A&M is spending. We're just under the, again, the, the perception that Arkansas is, is far behind at this point. I'm curious if this week gets them ahead of, let's say, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri in the next few months. Like, Where did this, this supposed news put them in the pecking order in terms of spending money? That's the question I have when it comes to this announcement. Well, my, I, I don't know. My my question is not so much where do you fall in the pecking order. My, my question in this is are you going to have the money to go out and get the players you want? Mm-hmm. You know, pure and simple. Um, if you've got the money to go out and get the players you want, um, I don't, you know, I'm not concerned if some other school has more money. I think the idea, if we are of the mind that we are ever going to be in the top, third say of the sec and budget and money and all the things that encompass financial health um i don't think that's going to happen but but whether or not they're ahead of mississippi state or missouri or Ole miss i don't know about that my 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 biggest thing is i just want to make sure they've and, and not that i personally have anything to do with it i just hope that they are able to to have the money to sign the players they want to sign so Two big names entered the transfer portal the last couple days. Will Rogers, quarterback at Mississippi State. Max Johnson, quarterback for Texas A&M. I was just looking at the portal this morning. There's not a lot of offensive line in there to this point. We know Keyshawn Blackstock has committed to the number one JUCO interior lineman. But when this thing does open, I am curious to how many offensive linemen who are either on power five teams or group of five teams jump in because that's the one position group Sam Pittman is actually open about. It's like, we got to improve there. What kind of stock is there going to be in the portal for you to improve upon mm-hmm. to that point? 
I think it's going to be significant. I think that's a valuable position. You know, there are certain players out there in certain spots at certain schools that if you leave, you're going to you're going to be highly sought after. We've got a couple on our team that that when they announced last year, they became highly sought after, and there are certain uh, certain players on other teams that become highly sought after, and your situation in life immediately changes. And I think that there are offensive linemen, uh, there are offensive line needs on lots of teams out there. And the old theory was, well, you recruit a great lineman, you redshirt him, you get him in the weight room, um, you, you know, as a redshirt freshman, he's probably not going to play. Uh, as a sophomore, probably going to play some. And then by the time he's a junior, after he's been there four years, he plays. And that's the way that it's been for as long as I've followed college football. But now you've got to have immediate help. And the reality is schools are developing these guys, and then they're up and leaving and going somewhere else. And this year they're valuable. And so I think there's going to be a lot of them out there. I wonder, you know, because Coach Pittman has talked in previous years about, hey, once you enter that portal, you know, you're you're kind of done with us. And I wonder. Well, that's Coach, not true anymore. But that that was my question: is not just here, but around the country is is that is that stance going to have to soften? Because if I'm a player, I want to test the market. I, I want to see what's out there and have the opportunity to maybe come back if I like it here. I mean, that's just a reality anymore. Nobody has that policy anymore. Everybody wanted to at the start. Everybody wanted to do a lot of things at the start. Mm-hmm. And it's not worked out. Um, the idea that you can say that, now look, situations are different. And you may have a guy who's been, you know, threatening to do it, and threatening to do it, and threatening to do it, and one day you say, all right, big boy, just go. Yeah. I- I've just had enough. Uh, you may have situations like that. But um, I... I um, no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that can be a hard and fast rule. I don't think there are hard and fast no. rules right now. My guess is the better the player you are for the team you're with, the more liberty you have, the more leash oh, you yeah. have to test the market. Um, and and listen, I can't blame these kids for trying to to seek out the highest bidder. I mean, that's what any of us would would want to do if you had the the talent and the ability to pull that off. And well, what, but the thing that you have to remember. You think that you have to remember, most of the time for us, if we make a move to a higher bidder, we're not planning on just being there for a year. You know, we're planning on settling in, buying a house, mm-hmm. you know, moving if we have to, doing what we got to do. You're setting down roots. Um, these guys are doing it for one year. And you better be smart because at the end of that year, pal, it's over. Or maybe the next year or two, it's over. Mm-hmm. And that money's going to stop rolling in. And um, I know you think you're good. Um, and But look, the, that also adds into this. Hey, I've only got one year. I've only got one year. So I'm going to go try to make as much as I can because yeah. after this year it is over. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's kind of where Sam's at. We'll, we'll get into that conversation later. But, I mean, he's he knows what's at stake next year. But my guess is when you were looking at, at Lyman, who would you be looking for, guys? My, my guess is you want an older guy that may only have one more year. You want someone that's physically matured, that's not 19 or 18 or even 20, but 21 or 22 because you need grown, fully grown men. Um, so my guess is you would lean towards an older player that may only be looking at a one-year run somewhere. That would probably be your desires, a good player that has a year, maybe two left for an offensive line spot. I think that probably in Arkansas situation, you're looking for two-year guys ideally. Mm-hmm. Um, you take a one-year guy. Um, there may be a guy that you could get three years out of. I don't know if we're ever going to cycle out of the COVID deal. I don't even understand it. <laughs> I, 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 there's, there's, look, there's going to is a different subject, but we're there's, there's, there, there's going to be a time when they're playing six or seven years, even without a COVID year. But um, at any rate. I think ideally you'd like to have a guy that's a two-year guy. The reality is that you probably are going to have to have a couple of one-year guys sprinkled in there. Yeah. Uh, that'll vary from school to school, I think, though. I, I guess my my point in all that is you don't need guys that need the weight room to be ready to play. They better be physically ready already. You don't have that luxury if you're saying there's no development projects here. Well, and, and look, the kids know, too, that um, they know why they're being brought in here. Uh, they know the importance of next year. 
Um, so there are, you know, there are, there are lots of factors these kids are going to weigh. Money's part of the equation. Here's the thing about the NIL budget. It doesn't guarantee you anything. But I can guarantee That's you true. if you but I can guarantee you if you don't have it, mm-hmm. you don't have a chance. All it does is get you in the game. If you want to jump in with us, talk some NIL, talk about the game on Saturday, feel free to do so at 877-377-6963. That is our McClarty Daniel hotline where Charlie in Camden is this morning. Charlie, welcome into the program. Good morning. Uh, guys, how y'all doing? I hope y'all had a good Thanksgiving. Thank you, Charlie. We did. Great. Well, oh man, I'll tell you what, Chuck. It's almost like every year now we're just looking at. You, I think you almost said it. It's like every year it's a one-year deal for this player anymore. I mean, you know, you you never know what's going to happen. It's crazy where college football has come. Um, we are NFL free agency right now. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's what we are. That's what it is. That's that's until they, and I, I don't know, other than maybe, you know, with the portal window closing more, you know, not having the one after the spring, I really don't know what, until they get a hold on this NIL thing, I don't know what what you can do about it. So you just got to, you got to get with it and you got to, you got to be a part of the program, I guess, so to speak. And, Guys, as far as Saturday or Friday goes, man, uh, I think the best news I got Friday was hearing that Trayvon Mark was okay. That's yeah. the way he fell down in that game. I mean, I'm kind of glad the season is over. And um, it almost felt like a sense of relief, just it being over. It, it was a nightmare this year. And uh, as a fan, you know, uh, I think right now we're, we're frustrated. we we got to get this we got to get this offensive coordinator higher right or no one's going to feel any sort of, you know, uh, optimism going into next year. I mean, I, we got, what, 200-plus, 250-plus days until next year. And right now, uh, it just feels depressing in a sense. I mean, it really does. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to stick with them. I'm not going nowhere. I don't mean it that way. I just mean it's, it's tough right now. Big offensive line, obviously, you know, is the key in this whole thing when it comes to the portal. And um, we got to hit. We got to hit on offensive linemen, period. I don't care what quarterback you have. We saw that this year. We got to We got to have. We got to get better up front, yeah. period, end of story. And that's both sides. I, guys, do you think we overrated the D-line just a bit because of who they were going against in camp? I, I don't know. I mean, I think we got to get a little better there, too. You got to win in the trenches. Yeah. Charlie, thanks for the call. I do think what Charlie said about feeling a sense of relief is accurate. I think everybody felt that. I felt that. I, th- I think uh, I think everyone feels that. Because the reality is the things that ailed the team, you were not going to correct playing games. You just weren't. I think we all realized uh, at various points during the course of the season that, hey, what ails this team, um, you know, you got to go out and get some different dudes. Yeah. I mean, and I – Sam maybe has has been pretty open about where you're at with offensive line play. That's why I think there's going to be a massive overhaul. I think as interesting as who you get is who's not staying. I mean, that's the other thing is we'll be watching social media with uh, with a with a keener eye this week because you're going to start seeing announcements towards the end of the week or next week about players entering the portal, and that'll that'll provide some of the information we're looking for. We're, we're focusing on players and portal and NIL. And that's completely understandable. But the first order of business is hiring an offensive coordinator. That's correct. And that's going to lead to a lot of these other things, things you're talking about, players leaving, players coming, NIL coming into play. Got to get an OC hired first. Yeah, and I, I don't know what the timeline. I would I would assume middle, middle of the week, late in the week, so, somewhere. I mean, yeah, you're right. That's the first order of business. And, you know, Sam was asking, are you looking for an RPO guy, looking for a pro-style guy? And he you know, I don't know if we have that, but but he he you know he gave his thoughts on you know kind of what they're looking for. I hope so because the portal comes open on Friday. Obviously, with the kids that we have that are committed, I think the you want to be right, but you also want to be as fast as you possibly can. You know, you would like to get some guys in here maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, so they could talk to the kids before we need to go out on the road. But I don't know if that's possible or not, but obviously we've been in conversations with several different people. Yeah, I can't help but wonder, are you, are you looking for an OC that can bring some guys with him? 
You know, are you looking for an OC that has a quarterback that comes attached? Are you looking for an OC that would bring some offensive linemen along the way? That you know, that that's like trying to hit the Powerball, but it, it, that would be your first desire. Oh, I think that's part of the equation. Yes, I think that's part of the equation. Uh, and it's not to say that it's the deciding factor, but um, I think it's part of it. Yes, plays a role. I know he's very staunch on the fact that this. Well, you don't want to run the football. You think about where they were this year. They're outside the top 90 in rushing yards per game. Last previous two years, they were in the top 10. So we've talked about the stark difference. He wants to get back into to that point. And again, it depends on what you do at quarterback. Is there someone you bring in with the offensive coordinators? Is there someone you get out of the transfer portal? I mean, you look at the top quarterbacks in college football this year, not just in the Southeastern Conference for the most part, but across college football, a lot of transfers. Well, I mean, the, the a 70, lot of them are seventy-five. Probably seventy-five percent of them are, are transfers to this point. Even in the the Southeastern Conference, when you think about guys like Spencer Rattler, Jaden Daniels, Jackson Dart, Joe Milton, Graham Mertz, Devin Leary, Peyton Thorne. I mean, all transfer guys. So I would be surprised if Arkansas did not bring in someone either with the OC or out of the portal at this point. Well, well, of course they will. I mean, everybody. Yes, yes. That's 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 going to be because, part of it. And I don't think again, it's not fair for Jacoby, but because of the offensive line play. But I don't know if if Arkansas fans or well, maybe the coaching staff are confident for him to be the starter. Oh, I think they year, are. But, they want him. Uh, they want competition in practice, yeah, though. Yeah. That's what they want. When you're trying to save your job, fair's not always part of the equation. You don't have that luxury. Yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying about fairness and not fair to, to players that have maybe waited their turn. But that, that when your back's all the way to the wall, and that's where Sam's at right now. He's got he's got he's used up all the lives. He's got one more year. Fairness, kindness, you know, equity, all, all that. None of that matters at this point. Well, all of them are going to be given a chance to compete. It's not like they're going to be told, no, you can't compete anymore. You're going to get a chance to compete, but a guy's going to be brought in that's pretty good. And you're going to maybe have a better player to compete against. Well, I don't know about everyone getting asked to come back. I'm curious, especially on the offensive line where guys have decisions to make. I know Josh Braun mentioned after the the game that he's planning on coming back. I'm curious how much Sam is and the coaching staff are vying for certain guys to come back at this point. Well, based on production, based on what happened this year. And I'm not saying they can't get better. But I'm, you mentioned competition. I'm wondering if it would just be best for both parties to part ways yeah. for certain players yeah. at this point. That's going to happen everywhere. Yep. It's going to happen here. It's going to be part of exit meetings. Um, you know, here's the thing. They're, 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 these conversations are a lot more honest than people might realize. Mm-hmm. They're a lot more direct than I can promise you the, three, the conversations the three of us have are a lot less direct than these conversations <laughs> are going to be, even in a good year. Yeah, uh, and they're going to be particularly that way this year. Jimmy's in Conway this morning. Jimmy, welcome in. Top of the morning to you, fellas. What's up, man? I, I am just down and out about this whole thing. We need we need offensive linemen, but so does everybody else. So I'm I'm down because I think we need about five of them, and uh, you might get one or two good ones in the portal, but I don't see us getting that many. So how much better are we going to be on the line? That's what concerns me. Well, that's and a fair question. I, I, I'm telling you, if, if I hear Sam Pittman answer a question like from Trey Biddy again, I just don't know the answer. You know, I, I'm losing every bit of faith. I'm trying to root for this guy, but he, he is making it very hard. I mean, well, just give me something. Let me, let me say, go ahead, go ahead. That's that's a joke. I, I just I I want to hear something positive out of it. <laughs> he, he's as down and out as I am. Uh, well, no, I I I think that they're. Uh, I think that post game press conference has become performance art for some people who are trying to sell subscriptions to their sites. I'll just leave it at that. And I think sometimes his responses are the fact that he understands that. I don't think that of Trey. I I think pound for tra- pound, Trey's the best media member we have in the state. And if for those that don't oh, know, I'm not knocking anybody's. I I'm not knocking anybody in the 
I'm not knocking anybody in the media. I'm just saying that I think that there are people in that post-game press conference that perform. That's all I'm saying. Well, here's for those that don't know what we're talking about. This is what Jimmy and Conway was referencing. This, this is You're making a mountain out of a molehill on this, man. Well, no, uh, listen. Give me a sec. Hey, coach, with Hunter giving you his backing for next year and trying to generate some momentum going into the offseason, with this performance, how do you generate that going into the offseason? I don't know. Somebody else. So what happened? See, wait, 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 wait. Listen to the question. Listen to the tone of voice in his response. He was dismissing that individual. He was not dismissing the question. Well- Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian Dining Room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12, dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6, eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's B-L-E-A-V. B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline. Where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. So KJ Jefferson is going to be one of the players that Sam Pittman talks to this week. And as we were talking about a little bit earlier, it might be a little later on once they get this offensive coordinator hired, nailed out. Now, it's not just players, it's coaches too. Here was Sam Pittman on kind of speaking of both those aspects this week. Monday, we're going to start with those Obviously, we have a team meeting at 4 o'clock on Monday, but we're going to start talking about with the guys that are plus one that have some type of NFL ranking, and we'll go through there first with those guys. So you got the plus one NFL ranking guys. You got guys like Landon Jackson and Cam Little, who are probably the highest rated prospects on this Arkansas football team right now, I would say, to this point. Uh, You've got the guys that still have a possibility to play more college football at that are not necessarily underclassmen, but still have some more years that they're going to discuss. I mean, he's got to do, he's got the offensive coordinator stuff, the NIL stuff that's rolling out. Guys, he's got a busy week this week. Well, and that's why the answers may not be immediate and the answers may not be in in the order of our importance. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's he's got, as you say, a lot on his plate. I'm sure he'd love to hire an offensive coordinator this morning and go from there. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but Um, yeah, these, these, all these things are going to work together. But I think it's important there to listen to what he says and who he's going to talk to when. First order of business in terms of the players, you talk to the plus one guys that you want back. Mm-hmm. Those are the first guys you talk to. And you go from there. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to pretend to know every detail and layer, but hiring an OC isn't just Sam Pittman. You know, you run a business, you hire someone, you know, you agree to the terms and it's done. Well, hiring an OC, you think about Hunter Yurchek's involved, the foundation's involved. You get, you know, th- there's multiple layers and then there's a yeah. legitimate real contract. So those things don't just happen as fast as, 
as we think you can just snap your fingers and you've hired an OC. But I think it'll be this week. Oh, I agree. But I mean, I think a lot of the answers to a lot of the questions we've asked this morning will begin to get this week. You get agents and lawyers involved, and you know the the, the wheels of progress can slow down. But I, I agree with you; it'll be this week, and maybe they, you know, a lot of times these things are uh, agreed to in principle and buttoned up later. But uh, it, I think it's important for him to have a name for these, because he, he mentioned this. We played the, the sound earlier. Um, you know, a coach for these kids to, to talk to and understand who it's going to be in the direction before the current players all make final decisions on the portal. Mm-hmm. Well, I know this. The players will know before we do. Yeah. I do know that. Yeah, That is true. So I, I was kind of when I got there a little bit early for the game on Saturday because I wanted to see senior day who was there, who was uh, not walking. There's guys that walked that have no more years of eligibility like John Morgan, but the guys that walked that still have a chance to come back, like Cody and Labaca texted on the McCarty Daniel hotline asking about KJ. He, of course, has eligibility. Uh, two offensive linemen, Brady Latham and Bo Limmer. Uh, you got Dwight McLaughlin, Hudson Clark, who Pittman's been joking with about coming back, and keep, which has been a funny conversation. Andrew Armstrong, who he's spoken to, like to come back. Tyrone Broden, Torian Carter, Marcus Miller, and Malik Chavis are the guys that walked on Friday but still have a chance to come back. In terms of the guys that didn't walk that still have eligibility that are seniors, Isaac Tesla, uh, Tank Booker, Keon Stewart, Francis Sherman, Eric Gregory, Tykees Crawford, Deshaun Stewart, and Kiwi Rose. Those are the ones that have eligibility but did not walk to that point. Does that mean if they didn't walk, they're basically coming back? Even though they're seeing means they'd like to. Yeah. Means they'd like to. That's, that makes um, sense. I I think I think that's probably the, the the answer for the guys who didn't walk. In terms of the guys who did walk, um I can tell you just from the names you rattled off, I expect some of those guys to be back and I expect some of them not to be. Yeah. Okay. You know, we talk about all the lessons that maybe ill advised that are being learned in the NIL world uh with these players at such a young age. But one lesson that some will learn out of this is Hey, the world out there is performance-based. And if you didn't play well enough, some of these guys may not be invited back. And that's that's performance-based. And that's the way the real world works most of the time. Well, um, that may be the only aspect of this but, that's real world. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, the idea, too, that you're going to get paid the amount you're getting paid in the real world. Uh, that's, is, uh, that's, <laughs> that's where I was headed uh, next. But, yeah. It's not going to be like that. Right. But, I mean, that, that out of all the lessons learned, that might be the only thing that comes out of this for some that uh, – Hey, you got to get the job done or you don't get to stick around, particularly when much is given, much is expected. You think well, about- now let me say this, though. Scholarships have always been one-year deals. Guys have been, guys have been sent packing before. Um, there's just not been NIL money. And most of the guys, frankly, that you send packing, um, you know, they weren't real high up on that list. Yeah. So of the guys I just referenced, to me, the most important guy that you can get back for this upcoming season, I, I think personally, is Andrew Armstrong. I thought he was probably the most consistent wide receiver for this football team, uh, consistently getting open. A lot of times I felt like he was open. KJ just didn't have enough time or he missed him on certain occasions. I know that Sam Pittman probably would like to have a bunch of those guys back, but that's the one to me that I was looking at. I was like, I would say he's the guy that I'd want back the most in terms of a pass-catching weapon that you hope to have next year. Oh, I think it'd be great if he came back, yes. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know that I would put anybody in the the most category, but I think he's a guy that if he'd like to come back, I think they'd like to have him back. I don't know that, but that'd be my suspicion. Luke Haas, he's the guy that, you know, assuming he's healthy and ready to go, he, he's the guy that, I don't want to say you back up the Brinks truck, but there's... There's the guy that's a difference maker, and we didn't get to see it for a full season, but he's the guy you want back. I don't think they're not guarding him right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, They've cut his phone service off. There are no uh, – here's, here's I don't here's know what's your phone, Luke. I don't know. I, you know. I mean, we talk about how it's like pro sports. It's it. No, it's not like pro sports. Pro sports, you have rules. You tampering. have tampering rules. Mm-hmm. You, have compensa- you have draft – you have compensatory picks when you lose a free agent. Um there's there, there's a system and there are rules. This is worse than that. There are no rules. Wild West. So on that note, and I know that they just hired Texas, Texas A&M just hired Mike Elko. He just arrived at College Station this morning or late in the night. Jeff Lebby going to, to Mississippi State. What's, what's stopping Arkansas or anyone else from trying to raid those guys that, again, might leave just because of a change in regime and a change of head coach if there's no rules prohibiting that from actually happening. Like, I don't understand why. Well, you just answered the question. Not. There's nothing. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, 
would would Arkansas be looking to to raid the players they thought could help win games from state or, or College Station or or anywhere else where there's change? Like, well, they should be. For, for example, Evan Stewart did not travel with Texas A and M to Baton Rouge for the LSU games. One of the best wide receivers in the SEC. What's to stop Sam from getting his number or Kenny Guyton from someone and calling him to say, hey, we got this waiting for you in NIL if you want it? Because the expectation is he's going to enter the transfer portal out of College Station. Again, there's nothing there to stop him. Arkansas is always perceived to being the, the one Well, just school. ask the question, should they? That's what you're asking. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we already know again, there's no rule. Arkansas yeah. has always been the school that is supposedly doesn't cheat. Like Southwest Conference, all the scandals going on. Arkansas was like the only school that went unblemished during that time from the NCAA. I mean, is this is this changed now? And, and again, the question for fans out there listening, and I, I don't know if there's there's definitely a morality in this. It's like, do you just go and well, do it? Cheating and if everybody's doing it. Cheating's when you're gaining an advantage. Yeah. Cheating's when you're breaking the rules. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're answering your own question the, the, repeatedly. There are no rules. Yeah. There's nothing to keep them from doing it. Here's the thing that you have to understand, though. If a guy's a problem at one place, there's a pretty good chance he'll be a problem for you, too. That's true. And so there are lots of things that you have to evaluate. And what makes it a roll of the dice is you have to do it in about three or four days. That's also true. And sometimes you don't even have that much time. Sometimes you've got to make a decision in the afternoon, you know, after a conversation in the morning. And um, that's what makes this tough. And it's one of the reasons that I don't think all the answers are in the transfer portal. I've always believed if a guy, look, I'm just going to say it, if a guy's been at two or three schools, it's like a, it's like someone that's had two or three spouses. If he or she leaves one, what makes them think they're not going to leave you? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so, I mean, if a if if a guy's become disgruntled one place and he's left in a huff, what makes what makes you think he's going to come here and it's going to be perfect? And I'm 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 using here collectively. Yeah. I think that's what every coach at every spot's got to ask themselves. If he's been a problem for this guy, is he going to be a problem for me? So, and sometimes guys just don't mix either with a That's position right coach too. or a head That's coach right too. or a destination, and sometimes a, a new fit. I think about the Arkansas basketball team that finds consistent success, success with pulling guys from other places. And for football, I mean, Arkansas ranked the eleventh, yeah, the eleventh best transfer class last year. You're hoping you can get inside the top ten this year, and that's going to be a huge part of this 2024 season. Is these transfers that you're bringing in? But your point is valid in the sense of, hey, you only have this amount of time to really determine if this guy's a fit, is he's a locker room problem or whatever. But at the same time, couple his talent and on the field success. Whereas it is it worth it to take a chance on this guy? It's not easy for coaches to again come up with an opinion about someone in the span of less than a week. Well, and, you're right. I mean, that's exactly right. There's and, no and time for due a, diligence. You've 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 got a lot of things that you got away. I, I mean, you've just got so many things that you've got away, and most of the time you need immediate help, and so you don't have the luxury of missing. You know, you might be able to get away with missing on a high school kid. Um, but you miss on a portal guy, a guy that you're counting on immediate help from, That's uh, you, can, you can find yourself in a tough spot then. Hey, let me pause just for a second. Talk to those of you who are thinking about maybe a new heating system as you move into the winter. Perhaps yours is just not quite what it once was. Let me talk to you about Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Right now, no payment, no interest. There's lots of qualifying equipment, ranging from complete new units to water heaters, whole home generators, major repairs. We are in the time of the year right now where you need your heating system to work properly. Uh, Stay comfortable with the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric all throughout the holiday season, all throughout the winter. And I'll remind you about their plan protection program. That keeps your system running great year-round as we move on into the warmer weather months after we get into the spring. You can log on. You can set your appointment with these Arkansas people. It's Arkansas-owned. GoPascal.com. So we're talking about KJ Jefferson to open this hour. I know some were asking, hey, what's the severity of his injury? Coach touched on it after the game. KJ hyperextended the knee. I don't think that it's going to be bad, bad. Uh, Matter of fact, he was trying to come back and this, that, and other. We gave it until halftime and he was not going to be full speed. And uh, I didn't want to put him back out there at that point. He he said he wasn't able to go, but he certainly tried to go. If 
Saturday or Friday was his last game in an Arkansas uniform. You hate that for him, right? For it to end that way. You you made a good point earlier. He's been injury prone in his career at Arkansas, mm-hmm. Tommy, and you basically got till oh. eleven and a quarter games yeah. before he got injured to a degree where he couldn't compete. You'd have bet the under. Uh, oh no, <laughs> you, question. If we'd have told you eleven games before a KJ injury that takes him out uh, for the game. You'd have bet the under. That's that's one of the reasons, quite honestly, the the the, the whole idea of just saying, "Hey, KJ, we got to move on," just doesn't sit right with me. Okay. Because um, I know how tough he is. I know the beating that he's taken. We've watched it. We all have. I mean, uh, he's been running for his life since Labor Day, and uh, um, it's it's a it's, it's not been a good situation for him this year and he's played through a lot of injuries he's played through a lot of bumps and bruises a lot of things we don't even know about a lot of things they know about that have never been discussed publicly because you don't want guys on the other team taking shots at those body parts and um that is the one thing that i find distasteful in all this is people are ready to move on down the road but but i mean he's literally given his body to you for the last 4 years yeah, and i think his legacy with most is mixed because you can you can talk about his inability to pass in some people's opinion and you know i i i'm always amazed at the experts that think they can read a defense better than him but but then you look and he's got all of these school records all these career records so to me, it's a mixed bag, and it's hard. And I think only time will sort it out. But you, you look at KJ. Well, how do you get all these records if you're so terrible, and if you're so, you know, it, it, the, the two just don't go together for me. What I would, I say, have a hard time with it right now. What Chuck, what you said is 100 percent valid, and I think his, in my opinion, his heart is halfway out the door to this point. Uh, that's just my thoughts. What I would also say is, we're talking about how crucial this week is for Sam Pittman this upcoming season. If it is a better business decision, I don't know who's going to be in the portal at this point. I mentioned Max Johnson, Will Rogers. If there is a guy in the court, if there's a quarterback that is better than KJ Jefferson entering the portal, and I would guess there probably is going to be some, and you have to make a business decision as the head football coach where you have to put your mind and you have to put logic above your heart because his heart's probably still with KJ, then you got to make that move next year. If there's that possibility of happening, you mentioned the conjunction of hiring the offensive coordinator, what he could possibly bring to the table in terms of quarterback, who they could possibly move out of the portal. That's what I'm looking at is if Arkansas has a chance to get a better quarterback, unfortunately with KJ, then Sam Pittman as the head coach of this university has to make that tough call and they have to move on. But, but Ty, the reality is we may not know. I mean, you're talking about, you know, you were – supposing what the exit conversation might go like well that's going to happen this week mm-hmm. you know you're not going to know who all the quarterbacks are going to be in the portal this week you don't have the luxury of saying hey kj we're gonna we're gonna hang on to you until or unless somebody better comes out there and then i'm sorry but we're gonna have to turn the page you just don't have that luxury you've 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 got to roll the dice if that's what you're going to do well i think it kind of goes back to what i was speaking to earlier i think there is an idea that you might know who's going to enter the portal. Not just who's in the portal now, but who is going to enter that portal. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so we get going on our hog update. JT and Hot Springs text in on the McCarty Daniel hotline. An important question that 
I have. What is the status of Tremont Mark? We did get an update from the Arkansas basketball team that after an MRI, there's no serious structural damage to his back. But I was watching this at a tailgate on Friday prior to the Arkansas-Missouri game. And guys, there everyone was talking during the midst of this game, and then everyone just went, went silent when he landed on his back. Um, scary situation. Don't really have an update on him at this point in time, especially for this upcoming Duke game on Wednesday. And, and yeah, again, you know, coach is going to do a preview with the media, to, so I, I would imagine we'll get an update. But today, you, you would think there would be a, at a minimum some soreness that might limit him in his availability. So I, I mean, I just personally would be surprised to be played, but coach will shed some light on that, I guess, later on today. Well, I guarantee you sore. Yeah, I guarantee you sore after I mean, that. That's like a yeah, minor well, car yeah. wreck, you know. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to speculate on uh, whether he'll play or not. But yeah, I don't I'm either. Sure, we'll find out today. It yeah, wouldn't or surprise. At least the, yeah, the best they know right now. Yeah, yep. wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a surprise if he was limited or didn't play. It is. Well, a, I wouldn't be surprised if he did play. Well, that's true. It is a whiteout for Duke. Do you two have your white Rageback polos pressed I, and ironed and ready to go? I will have. I. Uh, will have? Okay. I guess I. Uh, I didn't know if we were striping out, whitening out. I didn't know what we were doing. Got that announcement, I think, over the I knew weekend. it wouldn't be blue. That's the only thing I knew is it wouldn't be blue. We were, uh, it was a whiteout the night they beat Auburn and rushed the floor, if I remember right. That's correct. Yeah, hopefully. I remember a guy that uh, was sitting courtside that... Uh, yeah, I'll be, uh, I'll be ready this time. <laughs> did you get trampled that game? Oh, everybody did. Okay. Yeah. Everybody right. on like, both sides hey, did. Well, not trampled, but there were a lot of people there. Like a good radio man, he was just worried about the equipment. That's, that's right. You know. I was worried about <laughs> the Hey, don't step on that camera. Right. That's expensive, uh, young man. That's expensive. Tens of thousands of dollars. People yeah. are people are surprised at how much money those things cost. But yeah, that was a that was a fun night. I will uh I will not forget how fun that night was back when you beat Auburn and then uh Devo just Dunking all over Wendell Green was fantastic. You're going to need a good game from Trevin Brazil, who I would say probably didn't have his best outing this weekend. Uh, Coach Musselman got asked about some of the things that went on during the course of this game, and here's what he said about some of Trevin's stuff. We watched film of it this morning. Yeah, it was addressed. You know, today's was more of just kind of a basketball play. I mean, Tax Flager, this is the highest ceiling player in Arkansas basketball. I think everyone knows that. He's been mocked anywhere from first and second round this upcoming NBA. Guys, he's got to have a much better outing against Duke if they want any chance to win. He's going to be going up against, at times, an All-American and Kyle Filipowski that he's going to have to match tit for tat or they're not going to win on Wednesday night. Guys, this is about defense right now. You know, when I, and obviously Friday I was with football and and went back and watched it later. This is about defense right Mm -hmm. now. It's about getting back. It's about getting beaten beaten off the dribble. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about the offensive part. That comes and goes. You'll have better games than others. Brazil, all of them. Um, These are defensive issues right now. And it may take a little time to fix. But um, that's what I see right now for for Trevin. Uh, I don't think he's immune from it. I think there are a lot of guys that, um, you know, defensively, this team's got to get better. Yeah. Well, that's why Layden Blocker's playing, because he seems to be one of the few guys on the on the floor that can play defense and stay in front of his man. I mean, he's, I think, solely, he's playing like freshman Debo Davis, where he is on the floor because of what he provides on the defense and not necessarily the offensive end. And you hope some of that infects this uh, enthusiasm that the freshman is showing will will play off to some of the other guys because even Devo has it didn't have a great outing defensively. I mean, you had guards. We we mentioned that kid from uh, Memphis was RJ or whatever that had like thirty five. Then you had another another RJ who had a, a really good outing against them. They've they've got to pick it up like you're saying, Chuck. I think it's a collective effort, though. I, I don't. I, I think there are times when you can look at one guy and say, "Man, he got beat on that play," or you can look at another guy on a different play and say, "He didn't come over and help that play." I, I don't. I don't know that it's 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 fair to just point out guys saying, "Man, they didn't play real well." That guy had a bad defensive game. I just think collectively, uh, they're not where they need to be right now. Defense yeah. is about helping. Um, you know, there aren't many guys out there you're going to stop one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know, there just aren't that many out there. And so, um, you know, it's 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 about, you know, becoming that fist, so to speak. And yeah. they've got work to do left in that area. Rim protection, and they seem to lose guys on rebounds that end up inevitably with the ball and a putback. They don't box out. Well, I mean, well, I mean that, that's another more direct way of saying it, but... <laughs> 
but yeah, you know, and well, I think he's sending a message with Ellis, L. Ellis, and in playing time. So I mean, yeah, I mean, for a coach, the hard thing is defense is equated to effort, and you don't feel like you're getting max effort when they're not playing defense the way you want them to. Well, I see a lot of breakaways and a lot of Razorbacks chasing. You know, you want it to be the other way around. You want them chasing you when you've got the ball running down the floor. I see a lot of guys scoring and a lot of guys running about four or five feet behind them, and um, I think they'll get it fixed. I'm not pressing the panic button. First off, they've been beaten by good teams. Um, You know, North Carolina Greensboro may not be a big name, but I'll bet they're in the big dance. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll bet, uh, you know, I'll buy lunch for you guys if they're not. And I'll bet these other guys are too. So I mean, they're 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 losing to good teams, and Duke's not a pushover either. And they'll be better for all this. They'll be better for all this in conference play. You know, we talk about Mus's teams always start slow. Usually, they start conference season slow. You know, um, maybe they've got some of these issues worked out this time. By the time we get there, we're not that far away anymore. But yeah. um, you know, they'll be okay. But the issues I see right now mostly are on the defensive yeah. end. Maybe beating Purdue wasn't the best thing in the world for this No, team. it overhyped <laughs> and overinflated our expectation. It was fool's gold. They they still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, we had some people say, well, well what just an as the exhibition, <laughs> just as the exhibition game with Texas last year uh, did not indicate a bad season for Arkansas, um, you just you know understand there's a reason games count and don't count. So, that, of course, that's the big event. Wednesday night at 8.15. We're excited about that. We'll have our pregame coverage with uh, Ruskin Zach and Arkansas game day as well. You also got a big event, guys. For the first time since 2006, we got postseason volleyball in Barnhill Arena. You had Jason Watson. SEC named four co-coaches of the year in volleyball. Did y'all see that? Really? Four? Four. They figured out who all had a contract. That's a lot of trophies. That's a lot of plaques. They they tried to figure out who had a boost to their contract. Hey, if you're named coach of the year now, you get an extra 25 grand. I mean, there's a lot of stupid things. Want to make sure nobody got, hey, there's money on the line for these things. A lot of stupid things that happen in Birmingham. A lot of of times, though, it matters to your contract, Ty. So, first time since 2006, again, you got postseason. They play Stephen F. Austin at 7 o'clock this Friday, and the winner of that will play the winner of. TCU and Florida State on Saturday at 7 o'clock. Guys, there'll be a lot of people there. I mean, again, it's nearly 20 years you have postseason in, in uh, Barnhill Arena. Well, it's a lot of people. They had a big crowd selling early. Games, selling Razorback games this weekend, too, I guess, yeah. isn't it? I think that's right. Yeah. That's it. Because yeah, they, uh, it. they I, it wasn't a program record, but they when they... For Wisconsin. For Wisconsin earlier this year, night. they... Four or five thousand, yeah. or whatever it was. I, I want to say it was like forty five hundred, if I remember that correct. So they'll have so five thousand people will be a notable crowd. I, is, my, is the point I I'm get, driving? I think they could get that with Chuck making a good point about what's happening on campus. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So it's rivalry weekend across college football, not just in the Southeastern Conference, but across the sport. There's some really good games. Washington, Washington State in the Apple Cup, Ohio State in Michigan, and then, of course, Auburn and Alabama. Guys, they're calling it the mill throw. The fourth and goal, the mill throw. Here is Eli Gold's call on the Alabama touchdown that helped them pull it out. Let's everybody get downfield. Still standing. He throws into the end zone. He caught it. It's caught. It's caught by Isaiah Bond. Caught by Isaiah Bond in the corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Alabama. The Crimson Tide with 32 seconds. 
could just see the dejection mm. on every Auburn fan's face. Full disclosure, I wanted Auburn to win that football game. I'm sick and tired of Alabama and Nick Saban. Been pretty forthcoming on that on this program, <laughs> but my goodness gracious, what a throw, what a moment, and now they're in Atlanta with the chance to play for the college football playoff. You know, I think most sports fans tend to, if you don't have a rooting interest, you tend to pull for the underdog. You know, you pull for the upset. Every college game I watch, if I don't have a particular rooting interest, it doesn't bother me at all to see an upset. So I was kind of pulling for Auburn there at the end, too. But I don't know that I've ever seen a football team make fourth and 31 look so easy. Well. I mean, they just made it look like they work on it every day. Now, they do practice it, but so does everybody else. I mean, Saban's not the only coach that practices situations like that. But they just made it look simple. Well, how in the hell do you rush two, drop nine, and let them complete a pass? What in the world? How do you have a one-on-one matchup? Well, because all the defenders, all the defenders back there just kind of like drifted toward the center of the field. Yeah. And, you know, based on... You know, based on the initial routes, nobody was open. I think I got eight guys back there. You know, nobody was open. What made the play was what happened as Milrow just stood there and watched and looked and looked. And at that point, it becomes, in some cases, an individual battle. But for some reason, um, it just seemed like all the Auburn defenders just kind of you know, drifted toward the middle. What, and yeah, all of a sudden, it was one-on-one on one in the corner. Yeah, yeah no. they were by the goalpost. But, I mean, I don't know if they coach it this way. or. But if you know you're beaten, the guy's going to – and it's a game-ending game. Ending game. Or tackle him. Yeah, yeah but it's so easy. It's yeah. so easy in the aftermath to say that. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's easy – uh, it's just easier, you know, after the fact to say he should have done that than it is mm. in the moment. Um Look, sometimes when you make a play like that, it's about the team that made the play, not the team that yeah. let it happen. I, I just thought Auburn, well, I just thought Alabama made a great play. It was great drama, but I, I'm opposite of you guys. I was rooting for Alabama because I, <sighs> after what Auburn did and the way they talked, and I, I mean, I have a hard I time you. rooting for Auburn. I hear so, you. I mean, I hear and, you. And you think about the programs you're trying to catch up to or be equal with. Auburn's a lot closer to that list than well, Alabama right. is. You, I mean. You can talk about how sick well, and tired you are happened. of Alabama. It's good it happened. Roll, tide, right. roll. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I just look at it this way, and I, I'm not a, 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 an always root for the league guy, but you know the odds of Arkansas and a lot of other programs catching Bama and Georgia and I guess LSU is maybe third on that list, odds aren't good. But getting equal to or on common ground with Auburn, with Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, now that's doable. And those are the programs you should compare yourselves with. So anytime one of those teams lose that you're trying to catch up to and be equal with, that's a realistic that's fair. possibility. Those are the teams you root against. I mean, I hear you about Bama or Georgia and you're sick of them, but there's not much Wait. we're going to do to change that. So let's just beat the teams we've got a chance of beating. Here's something else. Now, I does t- Alabama have a chance to beat Georgia? What yes. Well, see, here's, here's what I was thinking in that moment. Auburn's going to win and pull the upset in the Iron Bowl. And then Bama's going to go beat Georgia and turn this whole thing on its ear. And, yeah, I absolutely think they have a chance. That kid that muffed that punt. And then, by the way, Isaiah Bond got away with the shove. They're not going to call that in that situation. But he did get away with a push-off in that game. What I took away from this weekend is this is the final year of cataclysmic regular season games. You're going to have 12 teams that start making the playoff next year. There's not going to be any Michigan-Ohio State games to decide who's representing the Big Ten for the national championship. Alabama, if they had lost this game next year, would still have a chance to make the college football playoff based on the at-larges. The regular season starting next season is going to be diminished. It's going to be diminished heavily. Like There's just not going to be those, those types still of... Matter. They still matter, but there's still... That game a was good close chance. because of emotion. There, yeah, and I know. Florida, and it, Florida State close because of emotion. And it's going. It's not going to be relinquished, but there is going to be lesser level with these teams that even if they lose, are probably right. still going to end okay. up in the college football playoff. The consequence is diminished in a yes. game. But a lot of these games that you're talking about, didn't matter if Auburn won. They're not going to playoff even in a 12 team. But, Florida's not going to playoff even in a 12 but team. But you can prevent your rival from making the college football playoff. Next year... Starting next year, it's not going to be that way. They okay. lose to you, it's still going to probably happen for them. And I just, I hate that because I understand. Depends on where you are in the yeah. 12. But 
for those. Depend, I mean, if you're number one, if you're number one and you're Florida State and you lose to Florida, yeah, you're still going to be in the playoff. But if you're number 10 and you lose to a team like that, yeah, you can knock them out of the playoffs. I just don't think the consequences, again, like you're saying, Tommy, are going to be as heavy, which I hate. Because, but that's where right. we're headed. That's where we're transitioning. That's what people have claimed. These games for are still going to matter. People are still going to want to watch. They will, but these it, rivalry again, games. it won't be as big of a deal as we just saw from this past week. I mean, because Ohio State, Michigan, like you lose, you're done. Next year, if they're two and three, <laughs> and one of them loses, the other team's still going to make the college football playoff because they'll have one loss. Are they actually going to fire Ryan Day? You think you know, three losses is he, is he done? Why is, is that? Is that even? Or is that just stupid fan talk? He is fifty six and seven, and they're talking yeah. about firing him. I know. Three of the seven are to uh, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. That would be crazy over that. He, yeah. he, you know, one of the things that I do think is going to be really interesting. To back to your question there, Ty. Uh, you know, in your conversation about are these games going to be diminished to an extent? Yes, they will be. Not to a great extent, though. I don't think. What I think is going to change things more than that is the conference realignment. Um, you know, for example, we're not talking about Washington and Oregon and Ohio State and Michigan next year. We're talking about two of those four. And I think we know who those two are going to be. And we know who those two aren't going to be. Um, these schools that are going into these leagues, Oklahoma and Texas, I, I mean, no divisions anymore. You think about, uh, you know, hey, so-and-so's picked ninth next year in the SEC. Well, what does that mean? I mean, what does that mean? What's the difference between 8th and 11th? Or, uh, I mean, you're talking about 16, 20-team conferences. I, I think all that and who's left standing at the end is going to be the interesting thing to watch. There may be another loss in there, and that is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought more than once the last week or two, what we're watching right now is the last of what we know as college football. Um, it is going to, you know, we talk about how NIL and the portal have changed things. Uh, when you talk about conference realignment, schedule changes, uh, games going away, those are the things that really change your fabric over the course of a 20, 30 year period. Yeah. But to, to both of your points, I mean, I think Louisville's a good example of a team that's at the back end that might have been knocked out of a 12 team set up with Kentucky's wins. I mean, you want to look at an example of of a team whose rival, you know, beat them and maybe took them out of a 12-team playoff. Louisville this year might be be the team that would fall on on that particular sword. Prime example to this point in time. They got a shot to beat Florida State. Yeah. They've got a shot to beat Florida State. And that would put them back in. (laughs) Because we're going to have to get used to two loss and maybe at some point three loss teams being in a 12-team playoff. Yep, start next year. We've got a lot of changes coming. I don't know about three, but we'll see. Well, it depends on who they are and what the margin of defeat is. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but I agree. Probably rarely a, a three, but there's going to be times you're making a case for a uh, power five team who's really good and only lost to the two best teams that are maybe in the top five, uh, you know, and, you know, and, and then have a third loss somewhere. I don't know, but, uh, we're, oh, I it's think not going to be possible. undefeated team. I think it's possible. Yeah. I, no, it's not going to be undefeated teams. Yeah. You're right about that. So. You, you, you kind of mentioned the, the changes to, to college football just with the playoff and whatnot. We've seen several changes. We're going to see another change starting next year. Um, I made this statement in the offseason, and it might have got me in some hot water. If they lose to Missouri at home, you might as well. I'm not coming back to do radio after Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm just going to stay at home and never do it again. So I expect nope. a full pension and everything. You and Chuck have a, a good rest of the show at this point. And he's teasing Got, us, Chuck. Was it Mad Dog said he was going to retire if something <laughs> happened? And then, oh, uh, is the Arizona won happened. the World Series. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. Or the pennant or what, whatever it was. That. Yeah. That's a good thing radio heads aren't ever, uh, aren't ever put to the fire when it comes to so, the things they say. So you're not a man of your word. I guess not. <laughs> Here's what I've come around. So we can't believe you moving forward. Well, in this case, in that, this particular case, no, in every other case, yet. So when you but speak, it's not always the truth. I just want to make sure I'm we clear. We knew it was figured. Uh, we knew it was. Thank figured. you, thank you. It was just a joke. Here's what I've come around on, unfortunately, and I made that statement in the off season. Guys, Missouri is a better football program than Arkansas. Mm. You look since and let me let me. 
Let me follow that up with some facts. Since 2012, when they joined the league, they have three 10-plus win seasons. You don't have one. They've been in the SEC championship twice. You haven't won at all. St. Louis and Kansas City, both in Missouri, are better in bigger metropolitan areas than what you have in Little Rock, and mm-hmm. including Northwest Arkansas, better football talent, better everything else. I think that, unfortunately, we have to come around on that idea. because we may, I, And I make fun of Missouri all the time. I mean, I laugh at Drinkwoods being an Andy Bernard lookalike and a nerd. I laugh at them being a Midwest school in the SEC. But everything that we've known about college football for the past, and for a good chunk of be 50 years that have listened and watched and, and Arkansas football, it's behind us. It's gone. And there's going to be a new change again with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league. We've already seen changes with NIL and the transfer portal. I hate to say this, but... Last 10 years, and I think moving forward, unless something changes, Missouri is a better football program than Arkansas. I need to see a change that would cause me to believe otherwise because I truly believe that right now. And I hate that's the case, but that's how I feel. Well, I mean, I watched the game Friday. You did too. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, if you're right, I mean, and you may be, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they've I mean, won eight of ten. I, I mean, what are you saying? We, we Other ta- than Missouri's doing better. Well, right we've now. talked. I, about, I mean, what's your point? Well, I, I think his point is that the foundation of having two better metropolitan areas to recruit from, and I again, oh, we it don't, helps. We, it, you know, and we don't have the transparency on NIL. Do they have more NIL money than, than Arkansas? Because to me, that's a found now. That is now a foundational block. Is the booster and outside support or wherever it mm-hmm. comes from to support your program in this new world? is a foundational block of are you a, 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 an equal or better program? Because you were speaking, Tommy, earlier. I don't know the answer to that. The idea of, again, some schools that are, not, are exactly on the same stage as Alabama and Georgia, you don't want them to have success. Well, we're seeing two right now that were hired the same head coach the same time Pittman was in Ole Miss, 10-win season, Missouri, 10-win season. We'll see what Jeff Levy does at Mississippi State. And it's just... Again, we have this perception about Fayetteville, about Arkansas, about the program facilities, and on and on and on. I just think those things are so diminished now comparatively to what they used to be. That's why this week is so important for Arkansas football, not just in the sense of who you're going to hire in the offensive coordinator, but what this NIL news actually is to replenish and restock, per se. Because, if again, if they're... If they're the, the whole the whole pull of this fan base right now is who you're going to get at offensive coordinator and if this NIL stuff, what it actually is, that you can actually stockpile talent. Well, That's what you're trying to well, buy fans back in under Sam Pittman at this point. Chuck, you always say the answer lies on the recruiting trail. The answer lies in the portal. The, that, with the, high, the, the only way Sam Pittman gets himself squarely off the hot seat and restores order is – to go get players. I mean, it, it, it it's just as obvious as that. Games. I, I, I mean, well, look, but you can't like, win games without players, right? No, you're right. But but yeah, I mean, you've 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 got to recruit players. You got to make the changes that you think you need to make, and ultimately, you have to win games. Um, back to your point. We were kind of all over the road there, but back to your point. Um, I think that if you're really going to compare who's better, who's this, who's that, you got to make sure it's apples to apples. That's difficult to do. That's a long way of saying I, I, I think Ole Miss is probably a more fair comparison because you play the same or have played um, the same schedule in right. terms of the teams that you're facing uh, within your division. And uh, I'm not diminishing anything that any team in the East does, but I am saying just as in the 90s the East was better, We've gone through a period in recent years where the West has been better, uh, with the ex- you know obviously the exception of Georgia. But there were a lot of years prior to that where, top to bottom, the West was a lot better. So, you know, bottom line is you got to go recruit them, and um, you got to win games. I mean, that's 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 what it's all about. All right, let's go back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline and welcome in Sterling, who's in Center Ridge. Sterling, what's up, man? Hey guys, you know I'm getting sick and tired. These coaches, after they start losing, they want to talk about NIL money. You can say that at SEC Media Days. You can say that at spring practice. Why are we going to wait till we start losing six games in a row? Start talking about we don't got enough money. You had enough money in August when we got started. I mean, come on. I mean, this, this didn't just happen. 
I mean, get your, get your stuff. I mean, I'm tired of hearing about NIL money. They can't get all the players. There's plenty of good players to go around. Go find them. You get paid $6 million. Go find them. You get a buyout if you don't win. Go find them. I'm tired of just crying. Go find them. Go find them. And another thing about Alabama, they don't seem like they always come out on top most of the time. I know that pick kicked six, ten years ago. But that's the only time I can remember anything going against Bama. <laughs> Maybe punt, you, Bama punt. You're right. But most times, if, it, if Bama's in it, they're going to come out on top some way, so how. And you're going to lose your money some way, somehow. <laughs> hey, I'm still them, trying. They lose it for you. Sterling, I'm still trying to figure out how that ref in the first half missed that face mask. Holy moly, yeah. I am uh, I mean, he ripped the guy's head off. I'm still trying to figure out how he missed that. Danielson and Brad Nessler. Sterling, appreciate the call. Nearly had a conniption on that call. So I that thought Nessler was going to jump out of the I booth. Did, I did, yeah. too, at that point. I would say to Sterling's point, so Kiffin was pretty open and honest in media days about NIL. I think Sam touched on it to a certain extent. It's just become more prevalent now because – it's more talked about. And again, this is big news hopefully coming this week in regards to that in Arkansas football. You mentioned find them. Well, guys, the funny thing is you, you may find them, well, but you got to pay them. I mean, well, the- let me say this too. Going back to media day, they may not have talked about it publicly, but I can tell you it's all they talked about privately. I, I mean, I think a lot of these coaches didn't really know what to say. Um you know, the ones that were benefiting from it and the ones that weren't benefiting from it. Um, hey, there's 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 a lot of layers to this NIL thing. Yeah. And a lot of those things people say publicly are not what they practice privately. Yeah. And you don't want to sound like an excuse maker at something like Media Days, like you're setting the table for a bad season with, that makes with excuses already. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.